what is up fellow listener of the spiritual thirst trap podcast welcome back thank you so much for tuning in today today i'm gonna get right into the topic today's topic is grief understanding grief how to navigate grief how i navigate grief how i teach my clients how to navigate grief because grief isn't something that's often talked about and unfortunately grade school in america at least doesn't teach you in the curriculum how to process emotion it ra- it would rather teach you the fucking pythagorean theorem which i've never used and i'm here to help make a change in that direction so in order to understand grief we need to understand and any emotion really we need to understand a little bit about just very basic neuroscience so emotions and thoughts when a lot of people think of them they think of them as sort of like this floating fairy in the cosmos like a thought is just something that's conceptual and doesn't exist in the physical an emotion is something that exists as an energy a vibe and it's not something that's physical and this is actually a a misunderstanding of how the nervous system works any time that we think a thought and we feel a feeling understand that we're using physical organs in the body to create this now some people say that you can have thoughts from the heart and some people say you could have thoughts from the head and some people say there's only one or it's only the other that's not the point i'm not here to argue about what's the right or wrong option but let's just say hypothetically like you know the brain is and not even hypothetically literally the brain is an organ a physical mass of organic matter that's sticky and has muscles and blood and veins and nerves in it and it sits in between your two ears inside of the skull and the brain is connected to a complex network of i mean i don't know the number hundreds of thousands if not millions of neurons that extend through every crevice of every body part every organ in the tendons in the ligaments in the muscles in the heart and any time that we experience a thought and the thought generates a feeling it actually sends a series of neurotransmitters chemicals potassium sodium dopamine oxytocin cortisol gaba you name it it sends a series of different hormones that generate this feeling that we pick up on. So when we're feeling anxiety, there's a high chance that we're feeling and releasing the hormone cortisol. And we're creating physical neural pathways. You can think of neural pathways as like little roads, highways, sidewalks that are literally inside your nervous system that are roads, highways, and sidewalks for these sort of chemicals and nutrients to travel through. And uh, if you're experiencing anxiety, for example, your chances are you're experiencing a lot of cortisol and creating a lot of highways and sidewalks of anxiety. If you're experiencing uh, a lot of love and connection, chances are your nervous system is releasing a lot of oxytocin, dopamine, serotonin, the feel-good hormones, right? Anyways, 
grief is no different. Really, every emotion is a combination of different hormones and electrical impulses and nutrients and neural pathways that get created in the body. The body is the mind. The mind is the body. Every time I say that phrase, I learn something new. I make another new connection around what that means. So, in essence, when we think of grief, understand that grief is grief i'm going to define grief as a a circumstance of life that happens that our psyche associates with grave loss and the loss is is so sudden that it's received as somewhat traumatically so you can think of grief as something that happens when you have an injury if you're an athlete you're going to experience a lot of grief i know that one very familiar if you lost if you experience a death in the family a, a parent a cousin uh, a friend a brother you'll experience grief uh, and sometimes we'll even experience grief when like we let go of old habits believe it or not and for everyone it's different and um when and grief in particular can be for most people something that's experienced in the psyche in the nervous system when the circumstance was really intense or it feels or it's perceived as a great loss which is normal you want to feel grief if a loved one passed you you want to feel grief if you have an injury like this is very normal and it's not something that needs to be fixed what happens is though is that in modern day culture we have an experience of grief and we're taught to suppress it or run away from it because it doesn't feel or it's perceived as like not feeling good as being intense as being painful and most people feel really unproductive when they grieve and when you think and with grief in particular and really any emotion but with grief i want you to imagine that grief is sort of like tattooed and like a tattoo tattoos are permanent on your skin grief is permanent within your body what happens is is you create sort of i want you to imagine you create all these highways and sidewalks of grief in the city of your body of your nervous system and when the grief happens it's so big that it feels like it consumes our entire body so a huge chunk of our nervous system is spent on feeling the emotion of grief and it takes over and then what happens is is that size of the grief stays the same but our nervous system so the neural pathways the highways and sidewalks we build so many more around other things so we grow bigger than our grief to give you another visual i want you to imagine a basketball that's in a container the size of the basketball right so it's the basketball and then the container or a bag holding it and this bag is exactly the same size as the basketball right the bag represents you and your capacity to feel the amount of neural networks you have right and the the basketball represents the grief when it first happens and you first put it in the bag of your body you it, it consumes you it's your whole world what happens is though is that over time as we grow as we learn to process the emotion the basketball doesn't shrink but you replace that bag with like maybe a bigger gym bag and then maybe instead of a gym bag, it's like now in your closet, which is bigger. And then maybe that closet is inside a huge house. So the container of you, you grow bigger 
around this grief. The grief doesn't actually change in size. And grief is something that comes and goes in waves. And as you grow your capacity to feel the grief and learn how to process it, learn how to sit with it, uh, your container grows and those waves consume you less and less because you're literally bigger. You're, you're bigger in your nervous system, in your capacity. So there's a practice that I want to briefly share with you and please take what resonates, leave the rest behind. But grief, especially if it's a loss, right? And I'm going to talk about grief with a person with this exercise. So you might imagine it as grief with a person, but you might also imagine it like, let's say you're an athlete and, and you, you, I'm literally saying a personal example. You're an athlete and you sprained your ankle or you had knee surgery, right? You can, you can call in your old self for this exercise, but I'm getting ahead of myself with this exercise what you'll do is you'll take a few deep breaths however many that's for you maybe it's three breaths maybe it's one breath maybe it's five minutes of breathing trust yourself doesn't matter what matters is enough breaths for you to soften at least two percent in your psyche and to sort of slow down the speed at which your mind is spewing thoughts and ruminating right and to drop into your body what I tell people is maybe take three deep breaths and on the exhale of the last breath, imagine you're taking an elevator from your head into your heart as if you're going inside the room of your heart. And while you're in the room of your heart, notice how just life and being in your body feels different while you're in the room of your heart. And while you're in the room of your heart, you're going to say out loud, I call in fill in the blank of either deceased person or old part of you, right? So um, I had a dog that died recently and I used to do this exercise a lot with her and it helped me grieve her. And now when I think of her, I still get sad, but I feel happy. I feel like, damn, she was in my life and she taught me so much. And now she honestly feels like one of my spirit guides. But when I first used to do this exercise with her, I would literally sob and rage. And I would take the deep breaths and I would say, I call in Estony the spirit of Estony, the name of my dog. And I would talk to her and I would listen and I would see what she wants to do to me. And she would come to me and start wagging her tail and say, I miss you and I'm here for you. And I would cry and I would be like, I don't understand why you left. It's not fair. And I would just let that process sort of unfold naturally. This isn't something that you do step by step other than the first part. The three deep breaths, take an elevator from your head to your heart and then calling in the the thing that you're grieving the entity that you're grieving and you know I've, i used to do this so many times and i would do it at nighttime. sometimes i would light a candle sometimes i would put on some music that felt ambient that helped me listen deeper to get me sort of in that mind state of receiving wisdom you know and whether or not it's a real entity i don't know all i know is is that it worked and and it helped me cry and really feel and process the stuck energy of grief that was in my body and move those chemicals in the in the highways and roads but what happens is is most people they try to numb the grief because it becomes too intense so those highways and roads of grief get blocked and backed up and it creates congestion in the entire city so you'll be at work and you can't even focus you'll be having sex and you can't even keep your fucking boner you'll you'll be 
you'll be at a social situation riddled with anxiety or numbness because the entire sort of network of traffic in the city of your nervous system is blocked by numbing your pain. Okay? (laughs) So this exercise, feel free to do it as many times as you want. Um, I think it's beneficial if, if you're really struck by grief, fresh grief, to consider doing it as often as feels good and is as possible. I don't want it to be a prescription like do it for the next seven days and it'll change your life. No, that's not what I'm saying. Like what I'm saying is is honor the natural desire for you to do it and go as deep and as far as you go. And what I found, if I was to use the example of my dog uh, that passed, what I found is that eventually it, it became like this clean sadness that was infused with joy. And I would talk to her and the conversations would be more like, updating her on my life or or my dog would tell me and again i don't know if it's a real entity or if it's just a part of my imagination it doesn't matter it just fucking works and it feels good so who cares what it fucking is just do it if it feels good you don't need to know why you don't need to understand understanding needing to understand why something works in order to do it is such a boner killer of fucking magic in this world anyways uh, so what I found is that the the conversations became more like catching up. And now sometimes my dog will give me advice or be like, hey, chill, you've been hustling too hard or slow down, kiddo, you know, and and it becomes sort of this like spirit guide sort of archetype within my psyche. And the grief is still there. The sadness is still there. Yet I've grown highways and networks in my nervous system of joy and ease and acceptance around that basketball of grief to bring it back to that initial metaphor i've done this exercise with my grandma that passed away last year even just saying her name right now there's still a twinge in my heart yet there's such a cleanness and a almost like a pleasure in the grief Like, man, this grief is cracking me open and opening my heart and making me stronger, making me wiser, making me more intuitive, more confident. Uh, I've done this. I do this exercise to this day with my grandpa that died when I was like 15 years old and I'm 28 now. Um, And I talk to him all the time and I talk to my grandma all the time and my dog and i talk to my past self that sometimes i wish i could be more of like when it comes to physical health and you can also do this with your future self right but it might not be with grief it might be with other emotions but understand that uh, all the answers to all questions lie within and my goal is not to help you necessarily feel more blissed out all the time and like happy-go-lucky my goal is to help you feel more alive to say yes to your humanness and to have every experience that colors your your life to be sort of another color another stroke of the paintbrush of of your story in 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 your life and i don't know about you but if music would be really fucking boring if every song was about being bubbly and confident all the time like i think it's cool when I'm sad and I'm listening to a sad song. And what this does is, again, this creates sort of an openness and expansion of creativity within your nervous system and it pours over into all areas of your life. People are going to be around you and be like, something about you is so fucking magnetic. And of course, because you have your own back, 
you have your own back so much that you're willing to face grief instead of run from it. If this served you and you're still listening to it all the way, uh, thank you. Thank you for listening. Thank you for being here. Grief is super hard. It's super hard. And there's something really poetic about it if you let yourself access its wisdom and know that you're not alone. And uh, know that I'm here for you. Keep listening to this podcast. Consider sharing this or leaving a five-star rating. It helps bring the message to other people. I also have spots open for my one-on-one work. If cultivating more aliveness in all areas of your life appeals to you, if it makes your nipples a little hard, which if you're still listening to this, chances are you've been thinking about it. Send me a direct message on my Instagram at Carlos de la Playa. You're going to find the link in the show notes as well to send me that DM and book a consultation. It's free. It's free. It's free. It's free. And imagine what your life would look like if you just had your own back for three months, six months, a year. Imagine the kind of confidence that you'll radiate inside and out when you have your own back and love yourself fully. Imagine the, the, the way your love life, your sex life might be upgraded. Your level of intimacy with your art and with your business and with your work might shift because you took a bet on yourself and stopped going it alone all the time. If that interests you, go ahead, send me that DM. Don't wait. The consultation is free 99 okay? It's free, so there's no excuses. Obviously, the one-on-one coaching quest and journey is not free, um, but the consult is free, and at the very least, you'll leave with a greater level of intimacy with yourself, whether you continue or not, even though chances are you're going to want to continue. Sending you so, so, so much love, and see you on the next one. Peace.